Hello, Kingdom Speak listeners around the world. Today, we're going to ask you a question. I'm sure you've heard it said, you know, this guy was a praying guy. Well, did you know that Jesus was a praying man? So think about this. If Jesus prayed, who did he pray to? Well, we have a very qualified guest who is going to explain it all today on Kingdom Speak. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. It's exciting to know that producer Randy is here to talk about who Jesus prayed oh, to. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> yes. Here to unpack. Oh, we can't go any farther. It's been a week. It's been uh, a week. That's it's, my it's job. It's been a week. It's been a week, folks. Yes, it has. I got one up on you today. It's been a month. Oh. A it's, month. It's the end of the month and time to talk about quickly before we get into our episode today. The top five countries and top five states. Oh. Everybody loves to hear this. We get notes about it. So um, quickly, around the world, Kingdom Speak listeners are showing up and showing up in great numbers. Um, so we want to share a little bit with you. So if you're listening today for the first time, you are not alone listening to Kingdom Speak. Yeah, you're in global company. Is that, was that what I'm hearing? There's somebody else out there. All right. All right. So top five countries for the month of May were the U.S. Thank you very much. Canada and second, third place was Norway, fourth, Australia, fifth, the United Arab Emirates. Thank you very much for that. Wow. Of your listenership. Now. Wow. The that's f- neat. It is. That, that's, that's being listened to from places that I've never been. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could go there. Somewhere. I was going to say we could do a travel <laughs> rant right now, but let's, oh, let's just move on. man. You know, yeah. I, had, I had someone call me the other day. And they said, like, are you, are you flying somewhere? Where are you going? I said, no, I'm doing something risky. I'm, I'm driving to Grand Falls. It's like 30 minutes from, from here. <laughs> something just way risky. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dodging the strains. Yeah. Now, fierce rivalry in the U.S. heats up uh, okay. on a consistent basis. Now, top, top dog is California. Boy, they, they have been kind of... They've been kind of riding that thing, haven't they? They're the front runner. Number yep. two this month is Texas. Hello, Texas. Number three, North Carolina. Number four, Washington State, which I think that's a new top five for them. And New York, the state of New York. Oh, no kidding. Speaking in barely in top five. So that's really awesome. We thank you all for your listenership. No um, kidding. If you're listening to King to Speak, give Boy, us a little- Tennessee got bumped then, didn't they? Yeah. Because when we were doing this last month with Pastor Caleb Adams, they were top five. Yeah. All right, yep. Memphis. Yep. Tennessee was actually sixth on the list this month. Oh. So if you're in Pull New York, socks. if you're in New York listening to King to Speak, give us a little toot on the horn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We appreciate that. Now I wanted to also read you a quick uh, a quick note we got on our YouTube channel um, that was just telling us thank you. So uh, Jacob, um, I think he's listening from India. Oh, Pastor Jacob. Pastor Jacob, yeah. Yes. So he chimed in on the uh, episode we did last week on moms. And well, actually, it would be two weeks ago. Um, and said, Yes, I have to thank God for my mom. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so we do too, Pastor Jacob. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, we really appreciate it. Now, we have some pretty premium content lined up today. Yeah, we do. This is gonna be fun. We do. We, we, you know, there's times that we kind of just look for 
um, something that'll get us in to, to the next episode. Oh, you're saying not every episode. That's my job. <laughs> all right, all right, Pastor. We don't have anybody lined up to be a guest. We gotta uh, we gotta have something to crack fill. Home cooking today. And then there's moments like this. And it's these moments mm-hmm. that 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 keep people coming back to Kingdom Speak. So we are delighted to have with us again. I'm guessing this is our, I think our fourth. I think it's number four. Yeah. I think it's our fourth episode with Bishop Floyd Odom. Welcome back, Bishop. <laughs> Thank you. Man, you can Great hear to be them. back. <laughs> you can hear our audience, man. They're loving it already. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> loving it already. You know what amazes me, um, Bishop Odom? There's a number of boxes that I could check off that you have impacted me in, in your ministry. Um, but no, no less being the fact that at your age, you could be sitting on the back porch, sipping iced tea, <laughs> flirting with your girlfriend, as you like to say. Yeah, she doubles as my wife. Yeah, oh, does she? Okay. Just wanted that little clarifier in there. Okay. You better get that real clear. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just, just enjoying the fruit of, of your labor. But, no, he's, he's set up. We're recording this episode at 10 after 8 in the morning, his time. And he looks like he's preaching a conference. Oh, He has a pulpit over his right shoulder. You know what he said? I was do- getting him ready, wired up and stuff before we started recording. The first thing he said, oh, I got to go get my suit jacket on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to be ready. And here he is willing to keep investing yes. in the kingdom. So That's awesome. an inspiration to us, Bishop, and we appreciate it. What a privilege. Thank you for making it possible. And I promise you this, being with you today and our invisible audience of Kingdom Speaks, this is as important as any camp meeting or large conferences I've ever preached. Wow. We don't know how far the network and the nerve of sure. this will go, but I believe something great is going to happen in the Holy Ghost as we do continue to magnify Jesus Christ as the mighty God. It's my wow. privilege to be here. Wow. So Bishop has already kind of set it up. Brother Derek obviously let us in uh, this episode. But I just want to put this out for someone that may have stumbled upon our podcast, and this is the first episode that you're listening to or the first episode you're listening to with Bishop Odom. You really need to go listen to Mm. God pronouns. Mm Mm-hmm. The right hand of God. The right hand of God. Mm. This is the third episode that has the same theme mm. where we are addressing the uh, monotheism of our belief. A deep dive. Yeah. 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 So you need to check those other elements out. He has He has done so incredible in unpacking let us make man, God mm. pronouns, mm-hmm. the right hand of God, 
And we are anticipating, no less today, as we begin to look into another passage of Scripture Mm. where Jesus prays in the garden. Mm. And, Bishop, we're just looking forward to the insight that you bring on this, and we are ready to go. Thank you, Pastor, and I trust that this will all be well in Jesus' name. And it's good to see Brother Derek and Brother Randy. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. Yes, sir. Well, Pastor, I'm ready for your command. You haven't. That's weird. I I don't like commanding an elder. So how about about we suggest that right now would be a good time to begin? (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And I greet everyone. And it is morning as we are making this recording. But when you view this and listen to this, it may be midnight, right? So whatever time that you do tag into Kingdom Speak, I greet you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you, Pastor, for those comments about explaining the pronouns of God in Genesis 1.26, and then the right hand of God that we studied a few weeks ago. Today, I'll be talking on the topic If Jesus was, in fact, God in the flesh, he prayed many times. And the question is, to whom did Jesus pray if he was God in the flesh Mm -hmm. when he prayed? We will examine that, and I'm going to give you much information about the revelation of the deity of Jesus Christ before we finalize our visit with you today about his prayers. Just looking over my shoulder, Pastor, and we discussed... um, Uh, Jesus is the power of God, or he is the right hand of God. You know, I've put some more thought into that, and this will be just a quick comment. The Bible says that uh, God is a spirit, and that no man Mm. has seen God at any time. He's invisible until he came in the flesh of Jesus Christ, or as God manifest in the flesh. And in the Old Testament, we get the first comments about the right hand of God, I want to meet that person who will agree with me that God is invisible, but yet because he's invisible, they can still decide where his left hand, his right hand is. Yeah. (laughs) The fact is that is an impossibility. So we're not talking about an appendage of the human body when we say the right hand of God. Right. Jesus is the right hand. I'm going to begin most of my comments today, though, just giving a quick review, and I need to do this to teach Uh, to whom Jesus was praying. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, and we've spent an entire lesson on this, um, God said in verse 26, let us make man in our image. And we described and talked to you weeks ago that when God was speaking, and when the name God is mentioned in the book of Genesis, the original Hebrew the word for God is Elohim, right? and Elohim is a singular God with plural attributes, but not plural personalities as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in three separate distinct persons. So when we find that God said, let us make man, to whom was God speaking? Well, he was speaking to himself because God is the creator of all things, the singular God, and God had no help in creation. Right. 
chapter 1 and verse 1, and God said, uh, the Bible says, and God created the heavens and the earth, and then light, and then every living thing thereafter, until verse 26. The title of God in the Old Testament in the Hebrew, that is Elohim, and this is why I need to open with this. In the New Testament, which is written in Greek, the word, the name is Theos. But in the Old Testament, Elohim means the supreme God, but just a little tweaking, but no changing in the Greek. Theos means the supreme deity, which are both one and the same. I'll recover this, this one again in a few minutes, but this is too rich to bypass right now. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that God is Theos, which is Elohim of the Old Testament, which is supreme divinity. I find it very interesting, though, that the Old Testament begins with some kind of a controversial question, and we've covered it. Mm -hmm. To whom was God speaking when he said, let us make man in our image. Well, Elohim, the singular God, was only speaking to his plural attributes, but not speaking to co-equal or co-eternal alleged persons in the Godhead. Uh, Pastor McKillop, one thing that we didn't cover in the pronouns that we can match quickly is Genesis 11. If you remember, um, after the flood, the survivors of the flood began to multiply and increase on the earth, but they all dwelt in the plains of Shinar, and they began to build a tower and a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 11 that God said, and this is Elohim or Yehovah said, let us go down and confound their languages. Right. So a, mm -hmm. a plural pronoun is used again, but it is Elohim or Yehovah, the supreme Lord God of the Hebrews. The Bible would say that in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. I want to talk about Jesus Christ now through the furtherance of this center lesson. And by the way, Pastor, you know that once I get started, I'm like a big, heavy freight train. <laughs> yes. So if you want to stop me, just kind of pull the string home and we'll stop and we'll have some interaction. <laughs> Go the ahead. The thing is when we consider the revelation of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of his mother, Mary. But 33 and a half years later, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, oh, yeah. the same Mary yeah. did not conceive him, but she received, received him, him. That's it. <laughs> in her heart in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus is God. So, so, now, so, Mary, so would she be... Would she be the only woman that's had him twice? Is that is that what you, you know what? That's in my notes. So <laughs> thank you for seeing my thunder. <laughs> she had him in her womb, and now she had him in her heart. Woo! But Mary is not the mother of God. 
Right. Mary is the mother of Jesus Christ, exactly. who is the form, the image, Big difference. and the manifestation right. and the flesh of God. Right. This is why it takes a revelation. I want to tell you, Pastor and uh, Brother Derek and Brother Randy, that I want you to know that Jesus is Mary's earthly son, but Jesus is Mary's everlasting father. Absolutely. Mm. Jesus is younger than his mother as human, but he's older than her as his father. And by the way, he's the same age of his father. Right. Because he is the father. (laughs) Those of you that struggle to give Jesus Christ the full credit as being father and son, I find it interesting, Pastor McKillop, that those that have a dogma of another persuasion, they will give Jesus the credit as being the water of life and the bread of life, Mm -hmm. but not father and son. As the lily of the valley and as the rose of Sharon, but not as the father and the son. As the lamb of God and the line of the tribe of Judah, as the bright and morning star, and as Malachi said, Mm -hmm. as the son, S-U-N, of righteousness with healing in his wings, they quickly give him credit as being the prince of peace and the king of kings. And that's another sermon all within itself. Mm. The king represents fatherhood. Prince represents the son of the king. Well, So they give him credit of being the king. Well, and the, they give him credit as being both Lord and Christ. They give him credit as being the first and the last. But somewhere when it gets to the clincher, I love you, friends. Woo. Wow. But if he's all those others yeah. and be in both one and the same, he is indeed the father and the son. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Now, in the book of Luke, the Bible says that as a lad of 12 years old, and I'm not sure, Pastor, who determined how that he was 12 years old or if maybe one of those theologians that he was astonishing and amazing when he taught in the temple, if one of them might have said, Son, how old are you? Right. But we do know he was 12 years old. Pastor, his answer was not this, but it could have been this. Well, how old am I? On my mother's side. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I am 12 years old. Yeah. But on my father's side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. I'm the root of David, so that makes me at least a 1,000 years old. Before Abraham was, I, I am. am. That yeah. makes me at least 1,700 years old. Yeah. And while the Bible doesn't say he says this, and I'm careful to be sure that I'm not Odom asking the King James Version here. Uh. But he's the ageless ancient of days of the book of Daniel. He is indeed the Elohim of the book of Genesis, and that's why Paul could write, the church in Colossae and say, for by him and not them right. were all things all created things. that are in heaven and that are in the uh, earth. Oh, yes. This is why he's Alpha Omega, first, last, mm-hmm. beginning and end, which is, which was, which is to come. But the clincher, oh, I am the Almighty. Oh, so oh, praise my. God for the revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus. Wow. The Old Testament begins with, in the beginning, God. 
Elohim. The New Testament in the Gospel of John begins with, in the beginning was the Word. Now, there's no question that Elohim was God, but John so wisely makes it really clearer when he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was theos in the Greek, which is the Greek definition, or it's the exact word, our title of Elohim. The Bible says, and the world was made by him, Genesis 126, not made by us, right? not made by them. them. And he was in the world, and the world knew him, not singular, yeah. not yeah. them. It's a beautiful thing to have a revelation of the pronouns. And the word, the theos, was made flesh. That can only be possible to connect with 1 Timothy 3.16. For without controversy, great, great. is the mystery of godliness, godliness or God's sacredness or God's holiness. For he was manifest in the flesh, the word was made humanity. Right. So when I wanted, if, if Brother Derek, if I would have a text for you today, it would have to come from Colossians chapter 2. All right. And gentlemen, to be sure that I don't misquote what Paul wrote, allow me to indulge myself and to read it word for word. For you to understand to whom Jesus was praying when he prayed, you must have a revelation of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you about the prayers of Jesus before I read the Bible to you. The Bible says when Jesus taught prayer, he said, when ye pray, say, right. our Father who art in heaven. When Jesus prayed in the garden, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He prayed on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And his final statement on the cross, he said, Father, into thy hands do I give my spirit or my entire being. Now, Paul writes my text, Brother Derek, Colossians chapter 2. He warns these uh, various churches in the regions of Colossae, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy or high intellect or vain deceit, after the Jewish traditions or the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world. And verse 9 is important. For in him, and I'm not trying to overdo this, but pronouns are important. Right. For not in them, right. but in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In verse 10, and ye are complete in him, not uh, them, right. which is the head of all principality and power. So in verse 9, Pastor McKillop, the Bible says that all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm going to give you some translations in just a moment on that. But verse 10 calls him not the bodily or the body, but it calls him the head. The head. So he, he's the body in verse 9. He's the head in verse 10. You cannot separate the body from the head. Right. You cannot separate the head from the body. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Translations. 
the NIV, Colossians 2 and 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. Mm. The NLT, Colossians 2 and 9. For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. So let's look at some definitions. Break down verse 9. If I was preaching to a live audience, I would get some class participation. And I'm not asking you gentlemen to do it. Hey, what, what we can say, what we'll do, Bishop, is we'll just ask them that if they're going down the road right now, just start tooting the horn. That's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if you're stocking shelves, start throwing cans. <laughs> All right, go ahead. This is awesome. Well, breaking down Colossians two and nine, word for word. Number one, in. The Greek word is spelled E-N. That means that in Christ is the fullness of deity. In Christ, the fullness of deity is enclosed. In Christ, inside of Jesus Christ, is the fullness of Elohim, the same as Theos. The next word is in him, singular. The Greek word for him is autos. Him is an individual, him, not them. Him mm. is a singular male person. Him is one man, never more than mm. one. Him is a singular pronoun, and it's the opposite of them. So in enclosed in Christ, in resident in Christ, in him is the fullness of the Godhead. Now watch this, gentlemen. This is a little bit, this is very elementary, but those elementary things can give you a feel-good moment. Mm -hmm. If all the fullness is in him, and I love my friends that are Trinitarians, and I'm not coming after you today, but if all the fullness is in him, and if, and there's not, but if there's three separate distinct persons in the Godhead, then mm. there's no Godhead in the first person. That's no. right. And there's no Godhead in the third person. <laughs> what have they got in them? The Godhead, the Father and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is in him. Who is him? Him is the Christ. Who is yes. the Christ? Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. What does that mean? That he's the anointed one or the anointed man. A few more definitions before we talk again. In him dwelleth, the Greek word for dwelleth is katakio, which means that in him resides the fullness of the Godhead. Mm. In him is the fullness of the Godhead permanently housed. Well. In him is the habitation <laughs> of God. And while it is elementary, if all this is housed in Jesus Christ, dear friends, there's no Godhead in the first person, and there's no Godhead in the second person, because all of the Godhead is in the anointed one. Uh. Another definition in Colossians 2 and 9, in him dwelleth all, not fractionally, not a percentage of, but all of the fullness of the Godhead. Now, the word all in the Greek is P-A-S, pas. That means the whole of the Godhead is in him. Mm. Now, this is Southernese, but you'll love this, brother Canadians. Mm -hmm. Every bit 
every the Godhead bit. Every is bit. in Jesus. Absolutely. The totality of the Godhead is in Jesus. The complete Godhead is in Jesus. <laughs> the entirety of the Godhead is in oh, Jesus. Yeah. Another definition. For in him dwelleth all fullness. Honk your horns again, folks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in him dwelleth all the fullness. That's from the Greek word pleroma. The complete contents Woo. of God are in him, the total sum of God in him. So what is this, in him dwelleth all fullness? The key word here is Godhead. What right. is Godhead in the Greek? You pronounce it theotese, which means complete deity, not percentage of deity, immortal creator, and supreme being, and not fractionally, is in Jesus Christ. Right now, to whoever you are and wherever you may be around the world, Canada, United States, United Emirates, mm -hmm. Norway, yeah. points beyond. This is one of the greatest privileges of my life to tell you in the anointed Christ, the anointed Messiah, the son of Mary, the begotten son of God, resides every bit of God. But come mm. to me now, even though he was every bit God, this is the revelation of today's lesson. He is 100% human and man. Pastor, let me make this statement, and I'll be open for some quizzing from you. Uh. <laughs> Jesus is not 50% man no. and 50% God. No. Jesus is totally 100% God. Right. And he is right. totally 100% man. Yes. Can I give one more quick definition? Absolutely. Paul writes in Colossians 2 and 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. One translation said, In his body dwelleth the Father and the Son, or everything that is supreme deity in his body. Now, the Greek word for bodily is somatrokes, which is a physical body, which is human flesh. So when the fullness of God dwells in his Greek somatothres, in his physical body, is the entirety of God, is the entirety of divinity. Now, I made a statement, and I know I'm supposed to take a break, let you quiz me here, but this is important. You're doing Paul's, fine. Well, I, you know, like I, I got a, the train is moving now. So <laughs> I would say we're moving. Yes. So when Paul calls him the body in his body dwells all the fullness mm. in verse nine of Colossians two, he then calls him the head. You cannot separate the head from the body. A head cannot survive without bodily functions, right? And a body cannot survive without a head. Right. And in a very serious moment of about a man who Jesus said there was no greater prophet than he, when Herod beheaded John the Baptist, it brought an end to that life. And when you try to take headship away from Jesus oh, Christ, sure. the body cannot survive. You cannot separate 
the headship from the body. Hey, Bishop, the headship of Jesus Christ. Can we? You're up, brother. That that is something that, with without derailing this, but that's such a valid point. It's it's no it's no wonder that it always comes down to a battle of headship, is it? It really does. That's a powerful statement. It's headship. Yeah. It, the 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 fact that John John lost his head, but yet yet David took the head off of Goliath. All of those are symbolic of larger. They they, they mean more than just the defeat of that adversary. Pastor, I was reading some things. It's been some time back. And it's not a bizarre topic that I was reading because it was with study about beheading John the Baptist. And you did cite that David beheaded Goliath. Mm. Um, The writer that I was studying after talked about the crucifixion of Jesus and how horrible it was. And the Bible is replete about the ways that other men lost their lives But even psychologists say that the greatest desecration of the human life in a homicide is to decapacitate him or to behead him. Yes. And when you try to take headship and decapacitate, when you take headship away from Jesus, it's Mm. the worst desecration and dishonor. That you can do the Godhead, absolutely, Pastor. I really, I really feel the Holy Ghost here, right? Oh, now. I do too. Praise God for wow. this revelation. That that is that is what Isaiah prophetically was seeing when he said, "Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders." That that's that's a. That's a prophetic inferral to head the headship of Jesus Christ. I know you haven't looked over my sh- shoulders. I've been writing this lesson to uh, present it to you and to your audience today. But I'm going to comment on that very thing momentarily about mm. what Isaiah said. The government shall be upon his shoulder because when Paul said, and he is the head yes. of all. And we can stop and go back to the definition of all in verse nine. Mm-hmm. It's totally, it's entirety, it's completeness. He's the head of everything. Yes. Now, to prove the headship of Jesus Christ, number one, Matthew 21, the stone which the builder rejected. Yes. Yeah. Has, become. has become the head of the corner. <laughs> Paul accentuates it in Ephesians chapter four. Christ is the head. From whom the whole body yes. is fitly born. Yes. Ephesians 5 and 23. Christ is the head of the church and the savior of the body. Colossians 1 and 18 and 19. He's the head of the body, the church, who was the beginning from the firstborn of the dead. Now, you made statement about Isaiah chapter uh, 9 and 6, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Mm. When Paul finishes verse 10, Pastor, he said, and he's the head of all principality and power. 
Now, when you do a root word study of principality and power, this means kingdoms. This means domains. Wow. This means governments, but it goes beyond that. It also means in the spirit world, he's the head of all humanity, and he's the head of all demonic or foul and ungodly spirits. You know, I think there was a reason why legions of Gadara came running from the cemetery of Gadara, and he was screaming to the top of his lungs, we know who you are. <laughs> yeah. They knew he was their head. Absolutely. So he's the body wherein all the Godhead dwells, mm-hmm. but he's the head. Perhaps um, my redundancy will be replete today, dear pastor. But again, let me please say, I feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, yes. When you separate the head from the body, it's the worst desecration of the Godhead you can ever, ever do. Wow. Beheading is the worst way to homicide, to murder a person. Yes. And when you take headship away from Christ, you're desecrating God. You're desecrating his word, our Bible that we live after. You're desecrating the Godhead. Pastor, I love you very much. And now you've asked me to teach to whom was Jesus praying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll try to cover that in the next 15 minutes. You take your time. Man, this is so good. I I, I got to well, think that people easy. I got to think that people right now might be speeding just a little bit if they're driving <laughs> while they're honking the horn. The, the accelerator's probably kicking down a bit. We do Slow not down, cover man. fines. They're watching you won't wait. Our <laughs> we do not cover fines. We don't. <laughs> To understand who Jesus was praying to when he prayed, you have to have a revelation of the Godhead. So let's do this. John 4, 24, rapid fire coming up. God is a spirit. Elohim is a spirit. Theos is a spirit. Theos was in the world, and the world was made by him, and Theos was God. Theos became Jesus Christ. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Secondly, John 1 and 18, no man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. Pastor, perhaps I should have got some some permission from you because I'm going to walk very carefully through this as I explain the bosom of the Father. In the Greek, bosom is pronounced kolpas, which means it's more than just a part of a human anatomy. The bosom of the Father is the Father's source of infinite love and infinite affection. The bosom of the Father is the source of the invisible God's emotions and security. You cannot separate God from his bosom. 
You cannot separate the father from his intimacy, his love and his affection. So here's the part. And to my dear ladies, I walk very respectfully through this. Generally speaking, when the word in our dictionary refers to bosom, we're referring to the ladies. Sure. But ladies, you cannot separate you from your bosom. And when it comes to the Godhead, you cannot separate Jesus Christ from his love and his affection because he is the source of love. Now, when we talk about Jesus Christ being the only begotten Son of the Father, Jesus is the visibility of the invisible God. Mm. Jesus is, and I accentuate it, he's he's the visible flesh. He's the form. He's the image of the God that is a spirit. The Bible says the only begotten Son hath declared the Father. Now, the word declare comes to us from the Greek word exegohi, which means that the only begotten Son has unfolded the invisible Father. The only begotten Son has revealed the invisible Father. Now, thirdly, 1 Corinthians 5 and 19 to wit that God, Elohim, Theos, was in Christ, the man, the human, the anointed one, mm. reconciling the world unto himself. The Bible says in Colossians 1 and 15 that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the precise likeness. He is the exact recognizable representative of God. Mm. We find in Philippians 2 and 6 that Jesus is the form of God. That comes from the Greek word morphe, which means he's the shape of the invisible God, the nature of the invisible God. And then he is sixth, the manifestation of God. And the manifestation of God is he is the revealing of God's mystery and God's flesh. So to make it clear, when Jesus was praying, to whom was he praying? Let's establish this, number one. Most of my friends that do not embrace the revelation of the oneness of the Godhead, they have no problem in saying that Jesus is God. Sure. He is deity. Every biblical encyclopedia will verify that Jesus is deity but they then want to subtract from him a pastor. I'm going to throw something out. I hope this will fit. Jesus Christ is not a minority shareholder in the Godhead. (laughs) Right. Well put. put. (laughs) Amen. Do you follow me on that? I'm with you. He doesn't have one third partnership Mm. in the Godhead. (laughs) So let's prove this. Let's prove this. Jesus Christ was man. Watch this. In John 19 and 5, Pilate said, Behold the man. Acts 2.22, Peter said that Jesus was a man mm. approved of God. 1 Timothy 2 and 5, Paul said, The man, Christ Jesus. Last but not least, 
In John 8 and 40, Jesus said of himself, you seek to kill me, a man. He called himself a man that yeah. told you the truth. Pastor, the Jews had their theology backwards. Sure. So, you know, they, they, they wanted to kill him. And they said, we don't want to kill you because of your good works. But we want to kill you because thou being a man, they call him a man. Right. Thou makest thyself God. They had right. their theology backwards. Right. Jesus Christ, the man, was not making himself God. But God, the spirit of invisibility, did indeed make himself man. Make himself a man. Oh, yeah. He is a man. So to whom was he praying? Let's go quickly through some of the prayers of Jesus Christ. And I'm not sure if Pastor McKillop and Brother Randy and Brother Derek, if we don't need to take some time and, and just really emphasize mm. that we don't need to bypass the ultra importance of the prayer lessons in the New Testament. Mm. Have we gotten to the place that we want to spend all of our time debating who was Jesus praying to? We'll prove that in just a moment. I think the bigger lesson to learn here is all men need to pray. Wow. Oh, yeah. Jesus taught that. Yes. Luke 18, that men ought to pray always and not faint. Christian yes. friend, if your Christian life is fainting, hmm. weak, and struggling, oh, God. you can trace the problem to your prayer life. Wow. Wow. So I would encourage you, as you learn to whom Jesus was praying when he prayed, that we need to learn the lesson and pray. Jesus taught not only that men ought to pray, but he taught men how to pray. For they said to him, teach us to pray, mm. as John taught his disciples to pray. And he began the famous, what we've called the Lord's Prayer, our Father. So he included the plural pronoun with those disciples asking, teach us to pray. So right. the same Father of Jesus Christ is the heavenly Father of all the disciples. Now let's talk about this, the time of day that Jesus prayed. Mark 1 and 15, he prayed in the morning. Mark 6 and 46, he prayed in the evening. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, he prayed all night. <laughs> Locations where Jesus prayed. Matthew 4, he prayed in the wilderness. Mark 1, he prayed in a solitary place. My God. Matthew 26, he prayed in Gethsemane. John 11, he prayed in the cemetery of Bethany before he resurrected Lazarus. Luke 23, he prayed on the cross. So wow. what were the emotions when Jesus prayed? Pick up on this, friend. Have wow. these emotions, too. Luke 22, he prayed in agony. Luke 22, he prayed more earnestly. Mm. Luke 22, he prayed with intercession. Among some of the things that Jesus prayed for, Simon, I have prayed for thee. He prayed for Simon Peter. He prayed for all of his disciples. Yes. He prayed for all of us that in time would believe on him through the words of his disciples. 
he prayed that the Father, the invisible spirit of Elohim, Theos, would be glorified. He prayed for the Father's will to be done. He prayed for forgiveness for those that crucified him. If Jesus was God, to whom did he pray? Jesus was our example in prayer when he prayed. So let me talk about example just for a moment. Why was Jesus baptized if he was God? Does mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. need right. to be baptized? Right. <laughs> no. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> why did he pray if he's God? Well, why was he baptized? Right. Well, he told John, who, by the way, was his cousin and his messenger. Yes. And John said, why are you coming to me? John was wondering <laughs> about this. Yeah. Yeah. I have need to be baptized of thee. And here's why Jesus was baptized. It behooveth us. It requires us. Yes. To fulfill all righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Bible says, and he suffered him. Interesting, Pastor. I wish I could tell you that every time I baptized a candidate, that I'd have the results that John had when he baptized Boy, not Jesus. the truth. <laughs> yes. Was from heaven. This is my beloved son, spirit like a dove. Yeah. And after the baptism of Jesus, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. And at that moment, the prophecy of John about himself was set in complete final motion. He must increase, but I must decrease. Right. Jesus went to the wilderness and John went to prison. So why was he baptized? Why does he pray? Because he's human, he's flesh, he's man, he's like you. Mm. You've heard this preached before. He was man to sleep, but he was God to say, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man to thirst, man to hunger, but God to give manna and everlasting water. Wow. He was man to weep. But he was God to dry away the tears. Oh, God. He was man to, God did not die. No. Mm, No. But man died. Sacrifice died. Humanity died. To whom was Jesus praying? Hey, Brother Randy, you feel that Holy Ghost? Oh, yes. I see that. Oh, yeah. He was man to suffer. He was tried. What's this, Pastor? Bible says that God cannot be tempted with evil. Yeah. But the Bible says that Jesus, the man, was tempted in all points. Yes. Was God being tempted? No. No. The flesh, the human, the form, the shape, the image. (laughs) So to whom was Jesus praying? We're going to show you that humanity was praying to eternal deity. Do I need to... Um, have benediction now, or can I have about five more minutes? Oh, go ahead. Keep going. This is so good. If we stop now, we'll have road rage. (laughs) (laughs) You're so quick on your feet, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) So why did Jesus become a servant if he was God? Sure. Well, you know, at that supper that we have named the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, he took off his garments and he put on a towel. Now that's very symbolic. Mm. 
but he was taken off that part of him that they so recognized as the miracle worker. Right. And when he girded himself with a towel, he was robing himself with humanity. Is God a servant? No. God is always master. Hmm. But Jesus said, if I have done this, given you an example, you need to serve one another. Hmm. Finally, when it comes to example, Simon Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. The Spirit of God within deity did not suffer, but the manifestation of God, the form, the image, the flesh, the anointed one, the man Christ Jesus suffered, but he that suffered as God soothes all pain, and he that suffered heals all sicknesses and diseases. And finally, I'm about to bring this great, big, heavy-duty freight train to a stop. (laughs) As a man, Jesus prayed. Mm -hmm. As God, Jesus answered prayers. As a man, Jesus died. But as God, he's eternal. You got it everlasting and ever living. As a man, he became obedient to his parents. But as God, all things are put under his feet. Wow. Jesus Christ is 100% God, but he's 100% man. So who is this that Jesus is praying to? Father, forgive them. He's praying to the Father. Mm. Father, into thy hands do I commit my spirit. He's praying to the invisible spirit of Elohim, of Theos. Humanity is saying, Father, if it will be possible, Mm. let this cup pass from me. Yes. When Jesus prayed in the book of John chapter 17, all of you that are listening or watching me today, you ought to go to your, your Bible and review John 17 and see how many times that Jesus referred to the Father. Sonship, the begotten Son, was referring to the invisible Father, mm. Godship yes. of eternity. Yes. When Christ was praying, he was not praying to himself. But Christ Jesus, the man, fulfills what Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God Mm. and one mediator. You don't know what that mediator stands for? One prayer, one mediator, one intercession between God and man. And that prayer and that mediator and that intercessor is the man, man. Christ Jesus. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Boom. I love you very much. I want you to honk your horn. Yeah. (laughs) Pastor McKillop, what a great man this is. Oh, listen, listen. In Jesus' name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't believe you, yeah. 
That's the one god horns going off right there, man. So, so good. Oh, you guys are great. You guys are great. I love you very much. Wow. Bishop, this has been incredible. Incredible. Wow. The prayer. That's what he is. He is the prayer. That's who he is. The mediator, the intercessor, the go-between. Okay, I've had my turn, but I've got to say this one more time because it's so elementary. If all the fullness is in him, Jesus, and if there's a first person and a third person, sorry, guys, and I'm not talking to you three. I'm talking, sorry, guys. Yeah. There's no Godhead in God the Father, no Godhead in God the Holy Ghost. It's all in Jesus Christ. Is that good? Yeah, that's pretty good. And if if that's the case, then... um, they couldn't answer the prayer if he was praying to them. <laughs> Praise God. Thank wow. you for allowing me to be a part of um, Kingdom Speak. And Pastor, you're doing a wonderful job around the world. I continue to talk to people as I crisscross the country. And now that things have loosened up and we're able to travel more, your audience is really getting larger and larger. As a matter of fact, I spoke to a pastor yesterday, and he said, I wish I could get the link because I've got to tag into what Pastor McKillop is doing. So there's a lot of interest in your ministry and what you were doing. Well, we do appreciate, Bishop, voices like yours um, Mm -hmm. coming and, and investing in us and... That's that's a big part of why we felt to do what we're doing. So thank you for buying in and believing. We we certainly appreciate it. Man, chime in in the comments. Um, if you haven't already done so, head over to kingdomspeak.ca. Sign up. Um, we want we want to oh <laughs> there there it is. There it is. <laughs> I think, I think, Bishop, I think 14 months into doing this podcast, we now have another hot button. We had the bomb. We had the can I get an amen. We had the praise break, and now we got the horns. No. Just getting carried away. I'm sorry. Bring joy to my heart. Thank you. You know, you know, I've preached for 57 years and I've got a lot of amens and I've got a lot of praise gods and a lot of hand clapping, a lot of foot patting. But this is the first time in 57 years I've got horns blowing and blaring. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Yes. Absolutely. Oh man. Thank you for joining us today on Kingdom Speak and help us help us get this message out. Tell somebody about it. Share it with a friend. There's nothing like this glorious gospel. And we're thankful that Bishop's been on with us today. God bless you, Bishop. Love you very much. <laughs>